Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, December 16th. That's right. Show 901 after 900 on Monday. One more show after this one to go until we take our holiday break. We've got a bunch of information for you, Sebastian Lejet Trade. We knew that was coming. Now we know the details of it, or at least some of the details. We'll get there. Sasha Kushner resigning. We'll talk a little bit about that. LA Galaxy dropped the 2022 schedule, and I found out some information on the Dan Stairs trade. So maybe we can do a little better job of evaluating that. We'll see how that goes. To help me do all that, she's back. She's wonderful. She's amazing. It's Sophie the Cannon Nicolau. Sophie, how's it going? Good, kids. How are you doing tonight? You know, uh, I've got my Scottish breakfast tea uh, going on. Which, by the way, if you say that you're drinking Scottish breakfast tea in Scotland, they look at you a little crazy. Um, (laughs) I didn't realize. It's just an American thing. Um, But I'm drinking my Scottish uh, breakfast tea, which is a black tea. uh, A little mild in manner, which is, again, not very Scottish. But, hey, that's fine. Um, and it, it's my favorite. So that's, that's my wintry, wintry, uh, uh, drink right now. No English tea for you, Mr. Guestman. What's that about? So there is, there are three versions from this particular place. I get my loose leaf tea. I know everybody is very into the tea talk, um, here on the podcast. Uh, Adagio teas, not sponsored, would love to be. Send me mm-hmm. a shout. Okay. Uh, they have three versions the Scottish breakfast tea, the English breakfast tea, and the Irish breakfast tea. And they get mm. stronger in caffeine as you go. So right. for this late in the evening, perhaps the Scottish breakfast tea is the is the better choice in, in this I see, case. I see. Do you put milk in your tea? Just just not a ton, but some, yes. As we say, just a smidgen. Just a smidgen. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's an American, or, or I've always adopted that. You're going to say schedule later, and I'll, I'll be giddy inside, <laughs> so I just want to be prepared for that. That's one of my favorite words, uh, English. English words is, is schedule. Wow, I look very pale in my wonderful lighting I have here in, uh, in, in my den, in my woman cave. It was, it, it's okay. You and I were talking though, before we really get started too, is that you asked me, yeah, I said Christmas was getting closer and you say, are you a Christmas guy? And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm a Christmas and you're a Christmas person as well. Totally and Christmas. You, you, I love it. You were talking about like a 50 year old nutcracker that you have. Is that, was that, was that it? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I have a nutcracker from the fifties. My parents bought it when they first moved to London, uh, from the little island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean 
And when they moved back uh, to their motherland, uh, I inherited, I took it, I took it from the house. Mm -hmm. And so we have a big bowl of nuts yes. uh, here in the house. We love that this time of year, walnuts, um, all, all, all sorts of nuts. Right. And Tony went to crack some this evening and she's like, where's the little picker that goes with the nutcracker? And I said, oh, I cleaned the bowl out today. And I'm sure it's just there. And she goes, no, no, it's nowhere to be seen. And I said, well, it's probably in the laundry basket then because I cleaned it with the towel. No, right. no, no, it's not there. It's gone. I mean, that's what I, I would have been like. Oh, c'est la vie. I, I, you know. I'm like, okay, sorry, lost it. No, no, Tony is so not, more nostalgic than me. And it was my parents' stuff. Right. Went to the trash can, Josh. God bless. God bless her. God bless and her. Found it. God bless. Uh, hand over my heart. God bless her. That is. Uh, that is I something. I. She probably needs to come over to my place and find all the stuff I threw out too, because guaranteed <laughs> there's probably some good stuff in there. Well, I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad that we found uh, found all found the accoutrement for the uh, for the nutcracker. Uh, I'm, gl I'm glad that we're we're getting. By the way, Monday is our like winter spectacular show. I should point out. Um, I don't know what that means because Kevin's been on a cruise, but I told him winter spectacular, Christmas spectacular. We're going to do something right now. Spectacular. Sa <laughs> yeah, right. Right now, Sasha Kleshin is scheduled to join us on Monday, so you're going to want to tune in for that. And, and oh and do wow, that. very so, cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I'm fun. Uh, or I'm, I think it's going to be fun. I think I am fun too, by the way. I'm a great time. I don't you know. Are, I, I don't know if everybody knows that. You're a good time. Yeah. Josh is a good time. Yeah, He's having a good time. <laughs> having a good time. Oh, you know who's not having a good time, or at least I feel who's not having a good time right now are LA Galaxy fans. I feel like there's a bit of panic going out there. And usually I'm the voice of reason that says, hey, don't panic. You're going to be fine. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that for the people, Sophie, right now who are looking at the players who have departed and said, when our team got worse, what we're going to be worse this next year is that the, the players haven't come in yet that are going to replace those. So you can't really judge that yet. Um, and somebody said, well, tell me there's a plan. Well, I don't know that there's a plan. I just I'm just telling you there's going to be more players that <laughs> there come better in. be a plan. <laughs> I mean, you you would expect there to be a plan, Sophie. I'm just saying that I'm not necessarily privy to said plan on a regular basis. Let's put it that way. Um, well, so, the clock is ticking, Josh. It's almost February. Let's <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's closer to February than it was yesterday. I, I yeah. will give you that. And we know that there's a very short off season, right? We know that we expect that camp will start in the middle of January. So like, 12th the 15th the 13th somewhere in there that's when they're going to be coming back to camp so all these guys taking vacations doing their stuff as fast as they can really need to be back and basically training before they get to camp so that way they can be ready for mm -hmm. camp which then they will train for the regular season and do all that stuff it's an extremely tight window um this year and the galaxy have to do all their trades all their transfers all the guys they're getting out all the guys they're coming back in in a much more condensed window uh with covid suddenly uh rearing its ugly head across the sports yeah. world again so um it's just change, change isn't easy, Josh. You know, I think sometimes we all want to embrace change, but there are just some things about change that are unnerving. And in a time of difficulty, we want things to kind of stay the same right now, you know, and I think we yearn for that. There's so much change in our lives over the last two years. It's been up and down. And I think your sports teams watching sports, that's what's made things a little bit warm and fuzzy. And so Leggett for me represented a little bit of the warm and fuzzy, but we'll, 
I know we're going to get to that. Well, so. Let's let's stay with Warm and Fuzzy, but just switch it over to Sasha Kleshin, who who I think is oh, yeah. is, is a great guy. Um, so anyway, uh, we told you I think this see they announced it on on uh, Wednesday uh, yesterday, but on Tuesday we came out with the information that the LA Galaxy were closing in on a contract with them. They announced it on Wednesday or on Thursday Wednesday morning. I keep thinking today's Friday. It's not. We all have to go to work tomorrow. It's Friday Junior. Yeah, Friday <laughs> it's Friday light. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, we it, that type of thing, but they announced it on Wednesday uh, that Sasha Kleshin had signed basically a one-year contract extension. His his contract was technically over, so I always argue this is a new contract, but it's technically an extension now that they've tacked on to the old contract that puts him in for another year. We don't know the terms, we don't know the conditions, we know it's for one year. Uh, he made two hundred and forty-seven thousand three hundred and fifty dollars according to the MLSPA last year. That was in guaranteed compensation. Um, five goals, four assists. The, the stat that gets me with Sasha Kleshin uh, is the is the games played. Uh, 31 games played for Sasha Kleshin. He is 36 years old now. Uh, and so you got 31 games out of him, basically 30, as 35, 36, uh, almost 1,400 minutes. Wasn't always a starter. Only started 13 of those 31 games, Sophie, which, it, which would be expected. But you got a lot of mileage out of those legs from Sasha Kleshin. And that's, that's I, I think at his age, it's surprising but knowing how well he takes care of his body, it's also not surprising for me. It's impressive. He's been in the league for so long now, and he's proven to be durable. And let's be honest, there were times this past season where he came on and really helped the team. And I think that team needed a little bit more of leadership in the dressing room. And you felt his pain after every loss mm -hmm. in a presser, if he was part of a presser. And you certainly felt his loss, uh, Josh, uh, when the LA Galaxy did not make the playoffs. So he's a good guy. I mean, I don't know. Do you think... Oh, did, did we lose Sophie? Social media oh. and fans that were like, what are we doing? Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, there there is always some of that. I, I, will, I will argue certainly for Sasha that you have... Um, you have a player who is very knowledgeable, who understands what Greg Vanny's trying to do and can impress upon the young kids in that locker room how they're supposed to do it. Now, uh, you can't have seven of those guys on your team, but you more than you definitely can have, you know, one or two of those guys. And I think Victor Vasquez is another one who I, I think stands a really good chance of coming back and people are going to clutch their chest and roll over if, if, if some other signings don't come in before that happens. Um, but See, I think his legs are more gone than Sasha's. I, I agree. And, and I, I'm not even, I wouldn't even disagree with that. I'm saying that there's mm -hmm. probably a role for him. It's probably not as prominent a role as he played this last year, but I think between Sasha and Victor, you have guys who can come in in the second half or change a game in 45 minutes and really put some pressure. You can't do it every game. Um, yeah. and you can't, again, you can't have seven of those guys on your team, but no. with the LA galaxy and what they have and trying to still implement the system that Greg Vanny has and trying to implement a culture of winning, you can't do that without guys like Sasha Kleshin and probably Victor Vasquez. We'll see if that ends up. That's more my feeling. I don't have any inside information. People always think that I'm tipping things. I, you'll know when I'm tipping things. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm better at that. But I'm just, I'm guessing on that. And at $250,000 or probably a little less in terms of his actual cap hit, um, it's a reasonable amount in terms it's of a good deal. what he can do. And you're getting, I thought maybe they would go player coach with him um, just because he has Ooh. that ability uh, and he wants to be a coach. Uh, I, I think he was out of town actually. And he's doing some, uh, some he's doing stuff. doing his badges, right? Is yeah, he? He's doing, I think he's doing badges or doing some Academy yeah. stuff, that type of stuff. And he's in Orlando right now doing that. So 
um, you know, doing that different stuff. He's a guy who's always at the stadium, by the way, always. If you go to the stadium, you'll run in the Sasha question because he's either working with the academy. He's doing his own yep. stuff. Or that type. So he's a soccer nerd and you need those guys. You need he's just yeah. he just grinds. So um, I really like it. I'm glad that they got him back. Uh, five goals, four assists, 31 games played for Sasha question. And you know, again, I would expect that the number is probably right around what he was in 2021, around $250,000, and that'll be it. Um, I, it's just expectations, though, right? You're not you're not getting a 34-game starter in Sasha Question. No. And and you're not getting a guy who you can play for more than, like, 60 minutes if you if you really do that, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not a terrible deal, is it? I, no. I, I just, I don't think so. And like you said, he's somebody that represents not only the club very well the team the academy need players like him around i remember i think he was in the press conference once someone asked him a question about that and he went over to do their team talk i think that morning and those are the kinds of things that he does and and sometimes yeah it's part of his process when he's trying to get his badges but it like you said he's a nerd he's a he just he's a football junkie right at, at the end of the day so not a terrible deal and i don't think one the you know, fans should be too upset about because there's going to be plenty of time to be upset about <laughs> save, other things. Save your energy, kids. <laughs> this isn't this isn't it. Um, by the way, uh, we should we should shout out the Herb Memorial chat room. We call it the Herb Memorial chat room. Herb is absolutely fine and he continues to be fine. And he just gave us a fifty dollar five zero dollar super chat. Wow. Uh, Herb. So the Herb Memorial chat room is in fine form. Thank you, Herb. Uh, Herb says, don't mean to interrupt so early. Congrats on 900 shows. Here's to plenty more. Blessings to both Josh and Sophie and your loved ones. Happy Happy holidays, Herb Memorial. Aww. See, he knows. He knows. This is the Herb Memorial chat room. We we've named it after him. If he if he ever does unfortunately pass away, Herb, and I'm not wishing that upon you. Uh, I will get I'll get a plaque in the in the the Amazing. thing that says Herb Memorial chat room in it. Um, but anyway, so that's where we're that's, that's where we're generous, at. Certainly. Very sweet. Yeah, and also I would like to say uh, Brian just gave us a ten dollars super chat. Says, um, can you please wish my son Sebastian a happy birthday, Sebastian? Happy birthday. He says he's your biggest, smallest fan turning eight today. Ooh, eight's a good age. I'm going to say eight. Eight's, eight's a, a good number, too. Yeah. Very, very good. And he's very lucky number. And he says he's super heartbroken with the news about Sebastian Legette today. I can understand that. There's some of that. I, I, I mean, if you have been watching the LA Galaxy over the last seven years, you should feel a disconnect. And and uh, it's difficult to, what do they call it? An uncoupling, right? This is this yes. is an uncoupling. This is consciously <laughs> uncoupling. <laughs> Maybe on one end, perhaps. But listen, young Sebastian, don't you worry, because there'll be a new hero for you to root for. I'm pretty sure of it this coming season. Hope you had a fantastic birthday. Yeah. Uh, and you got all the good stuff that you wanted. Happy birthday. That's awesome. I'm, I'm stoked about that so um yeah for sure uh let's see so anyway we get through through uh sasha question that was the one that we expected to happen the other one that we expected to happen and let's jump into it right now sebastian legette traded to the new england revolution uh espn reported it last night as uh, as i was getting ready to go to bed uh that basically it was a 1.3 million dollar deal that was the headline and then you clicked it to read all the fine print and find out how that actually broke down and it is not a 1.3 million dollar deal although it could be a $1.3 million deal in the simplest of terms. The LA galaxy got $500,000 in general allocation money split between two years, $300,000 this year and $200,000 next year. So $500,000 guaranteed for Sebastian Legette. If you stop it at that, we, I think you have issues um, already. I think that when you're looking and here's the big thing I've been fighting against, I knew Sophie and you knew that Sebastian Legette, 
probably wasn't going to stick around this year because Greg Vanny probably didn't ex- didn't think he could do what he needed him to do. And so they had to move him. And so everybody looks at that as you have a guy you don't want and you want to get rid of. But that's not Sebastian Legette's value, right? That's Mm -hmm. not how this works. Sebastian Legette's value is much higher to another team if you can't use him. So it's not like you're offloading him. And certainly he is close to $1 million in salary is a good thing. If you can get somebody to take that, that's cap space that you can then take um, and and use so we'll, we'll talk about that as well but Sebastian Legette was valuable within Major League Soccer there were four or five teams and we reported on some of the teams that were interested including Colorado including I think Dallas and Austin um, and Charlotte and New England um, mm-hmm. that he could go to and probably wouldn't want to move him in the Western Conference we said that probably wasn't going to happen made more sense to do it in the Eastern Conference so all that made sense but when you look at just what happens in 2022 and the spending that you have available in 2022, now that you've moved Sebastian Legette, Sophie, you get $300,000 in general allocation money for Sebastian Legette in 2022, and you clear up his $800,000 in base salary. So $1.2 million is basically what you now get to go and spend on something else. Okay. Are and there are there draft picks included in no, this? No, no. This is that's this. It. The the there's five hundred thousand dollars in guaranteed compensation. There's an additional eight hundred thousand dollars in performance based incentives. By the way, shout out to Patrick who gave us a twenty dollars super chat, and he says this show kicks butt. Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate it. So, um, I don't mean to belittle that. Just in the middle of Sebastian Legette and one, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be jumping into this. I can tell. Very nice. Um, so $300,000, $200,000 is split between two years. And then there's $800,000 with performance-based incentives. Depends on how well Sebastian does in certain metrics. And we don't know what those metrics are. I guarantee mm-hmm. I guarantee one person thought really hard about those metrics. And that person is Bruce Arena and how much he was going to sort of make this deal work for. Um, but there's $800,000 in additional that could be $1.3 million total to the LA Galaxy. But if you're looking for money to spend right now, you're getting $300,000. That's what right. you can spend right now because performance. So first of all, you're splitting the, the 200,000 in 2023. So you're not going to see that additional 200 until 2023. So that's next year. So you don't have that to spend right now. And if the LA galaxy, let's say they got lucky and Sebastian legit is the best player and he meets all these performance metrics. I'm sure some of them are ridiculous and you're never going to meet some of them. But if you do meet them and you get that $800,000, that's probably not stuff you're going to get right away. You might get some of that in 2023, um, because you'd have to do well in 2022 in order to meet those performance metrics. And then that money would be available to you in the next year or 2024 in order to get that. So this is a long burn. This is not a, this is not like, oh, give me all that money. I'm going to go roll around naked on, on the bed. You don't have that money to roll around naked in right now. You have $300,000, which I'm sure if you put in singles, you could roll around naked on. But that's, this, that's not the point is you could have $1.3 million, but you're not going to be able to take all that to the bank right now. It's sort of like it's paid out in an annuity or something like that. You're getting a little bit every, you know, every so bit. So, so you know me with, you know, gam and ham and spam and all that jazz uh, and maths. You know, yes. I always, uh, I, I'm, it's not my strongest suit. So let me ask you this in, in, in plain English. Is this a bad deal? It doesn't feel like a good deal. It certainly it doesn't, doesn't feel to like a, me. And yeah. I, I, you know, it, it doesn't go on. Tell no, me no, why. I, I just, there's too little, again, the value to him across the league. And let's, let's give the galaxy the benefit of the doubt. They talked to a whole bunch of teams. Maybe this was the best offer. We said this about Dan Stairs. Let's say it about Sebastian Legette as well. Maybe this was the best offer. 
Um, I know that Bruce Arena wanted Sebastian Legette. Bruce Arena was the guy who brought him into the league in 2015. Bruce Arena for the LA Galaxy, which, by the way, I think is hysterical because New England Revolution tweeted out uh, May 2015, New England Revs acquire $50,000 in the allocation from the LA Galaxy for the for Sebastian Legette's MLS discovery rights. Right. So the LA Galaxy had to pay New England $50,000 whenever they got Sebastian Legette from West Ham because he was on their discovery rights list. OK. And then they say December 2021 acquire Sebastian Legette. And it's also like, hey, you just spent $500,000. So you spent 10 times when you could have had him for a lot less if you would have been scouting. I don't know that's a burn. I just thought it was more interesting than anything else. I, I don't think sometimes I think New England got too big of a head with Sebastian Legette stuff and they kind of went off the deep end a little. It's fine. Um, but um. Yeah. Do, so, so Vanny didn't rate him then, no. Because one one of the things I found really interesting in his uh, presser was him talking about his position, and that finally he's going to get to play his position. And so, I don't know. You know, Bruce is a genius too. Clearly, he's promised him something. Whether that comes to fruition or not, who knows? Football works in mysterious ways, but. Do you think that's a fair assessment? And do you think he did get the opportunity to play that more creative role that he wanted to at LA and Greg didn't really give him the chances? Or do you think he just didn't take the chances when he was given them? It's probably both. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel that he was given the opportunities to do the stuff that he needed to do. Um, Greg has roles in his offenses to allow free roaming. Um, in that. And perhaps it was dumbed down in the first year to sort of be like, be a little more rigid. But if mm -hmm. Sebastian Legette could have grown into that position, I, I feel like he could have been, you know, uh, a, a good, a good guy there. Now I'll say this. I was talking to somebody, um, close to the, to the organization and they were like, you know, if you play Sebastian in the middle, he's a better player. If you play him on the wing, he's not a winger. Um, the funny thing is he had more success in MLS under Bruce Arena as a winger than he did as a central central midfielder. But if you went and listened and saw his press conference today, um, he said, you know, straight up. And so you, you said it was that he was never given the chance to solely play central attacking midfield in L.A. for various reasons, says Bruce guaranteed him that that's the role he'll be playing with the New England Revolution, which is interesting because the reigning MVP, uh, Carla Skill, um, is is the central midfielder. So it's sort of like, okay, you know, it's one of those things. It, there's, there's a whole other layer of this too. And I, listen, I get it. People are happy with the $300,000 right now. And they said, you weren't going to use them anyway. Cheap. Seems cheap. I mean, didn't, didn't, I think K went for a million dollars in general allocation money. Not yeah. too Ari Lassiter sold for a hundred thousand dollars in general allocation money today, got traded from Houston to Miami. Miami paid a hundred thousand dollars. They'll pay it over two years. So 50 and 50, not a huge outlay for them. Um, but at the same time, that's a hundred thousand dollars. So, um, you know, and then you say Legette's guaranteed is $500,000 over two years. So, I mean, you know what I find surprising, Josh, is that I know that, listen, this year was a tough year for him. And some people would say perhaps that how long was he at L.A. and what did he win? Right. Um, but it's not his fault that L.A. Galaxy have fluffed their lines over the last few years. Let's be honest. It's a collective um, pro process that has that led to all of those those um, those seasons ending in zero. Right. Right. But for me. Sometimes you have to look a little bit, and I'm not saying this should be the case, but sometimes you've got to look look a little bit beyond the football because let's face it, he lost his sister this season. Mm -hmm. um, very tough to bounce back from. 
played a lot of football with the U.S. men's national team. Was their leader leader in minutes, I believe, and, this year. And captain as mm-hmm. well, captain. So there was a lot of responsibility, took a lot of energy from him, I think, in terms of his end product uh, for L.A. towards the end of the season. Now, those are life-changing moments, you know. You lose your sister and you're also part of a, a dream to play for your country and captain your country. Uh, and I, I think that... He's probably LA's most marketable player outside of Chicharito, right? There's something about him where I think it's important to have US men's national team players on the roster. And that's, you know, for me, I like it when Arsenal have English players. Mm -hmm. I do, because we're a London club, right? And it's good to have that backbone and teach other players coming in the history of the club and all of those different things. So, for me, I just felt like not only is he a good player and he offers something to the team, but I also felt like he was a very marketable player. And clearly, he has a dream of making the World Cup roster. Whether or not he does that, that's a whole other conversation. I, I'm not sure he'll make it uh, to Qatar. But um, yeah, so for me, I just felt like I feel like they've lost a marketable factor, not only at grassroots level, but also at national level, as well as a decent footballer on uh, for, for the for, on the cheap. Right. Right. Uh, Freddie gave us a $10 super chat says, uh, at least the Instagram boy is gone, but I think arena outdid Vanny. But then what do you expect from a guy who keeps starting Cabral where the offense goes to dying games? New England got him for almost nothing. Um, I'll say this, uh, Greg Vanny is not making these negotiations. That's not that's whose <laughs> decision was this. I, I would, Josh? I would imagine based on the structure that we believe is put in place is that Chris Klein and Jovan Karofsky are in charge of the negotiations. Um, I would imagine, uh, yeah, I would imagine that Bruce Arena knew he was going after Sebastian Legette about halfway through the season. I would imagine that Bruce Arena reached out to Sebastian Legette's agent and started whispering in his ear for most of the year. That would be my guess. Um, and I would imagine, uh, that Bruce Arena doesn't exactly like Chris Klein very much. Uh, and there's a lot of, listen, you have to go back to 2016, uh, whenever Bruce left and then that transition into 2017, um, you know, the 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 leaving of Dave Sarakin, uh, the sort of the things that we've sort of tipped you off before. But there's there's no love lost right now between Bruce Arena and the L.A. Galaxy and Bruce Arena, I think. And this is my opinion, would like nothing better than to take full advantage of the L.A. Galaxy at every chance they could get. So the Galaxy mm-hmm. thinking that they could go in and negotiate against Bruce Arena and he would do everything that he was going to just be generous to them um, with all this stuff is is farcical in my mind, uh, just knowing that there's not good blood between these teams. I don't even know why the Galaxy are even attempting to make a trade with New England under these circumstances, knowing that Bruce is over there. And I'm the biggest fan of Bruce. Like, I, I want to, and everybody knows that, but there's, I mean, the Galaxy never do any deals with Peter Vermees, right? Like, you know, Sporting Kansas City, like that never happens. They never make any trades, mm-hmm. never do anything with Peter Vermees. I would expect New England would also be on that list. Yeah. Um, Justice, not vengeance by Bruce. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, you know, there was a whole part in, in some of this stuff that, uh, that really, when you look at it, it is, um, Bruce Arena trying to help out the LA Galaxy during their troubles during 2017, 2018, and that range. Um, and Bruce eventually making an offer. So we've been told, and sort of the the rumors that have gone around about it, making an offer to come back to help the LA Galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. And then apparently the LA Galaxy not returning a call or or not giving it much of a thought and the whole deal. And so 
I mean, again, I don't know why these two, I, if you're doing deals with Bruce now, then it's because he knows something that you don't. He knows he can take advantage of you. He knows he's in that. So I'm like, that to me is already a non-starter with that. And I am of the opinion that Sebastian Legette had to go because it didn't look like, it was a lot like Giassi's artist, right? Which, and, and I think we've touched on it already, but mm. there, was, there, was, there was nowhere else for Giassi to go, right? He was playing right back with the Galaxy. And yeah. you're sitting there going, he's got to go. And you knew he was going to be better, right? You knew if he went to Columbus, he was going to get better. The other right. Galaxy also got Ola Kamara in that swap and that trade. And I think the Galaxy got some, got some money for it as well. So when you look at those things, you know, there's times when it's time to go. It was time for Sebastian Legette to go. No issues. Do you think he's, do you think he is overrated? No, but I think that people don't pay attention to the, a lot of the stuff that he does. Um, Cause to me also, who was he playing alongside in the last two seasons? And also a very injured and injury-prone Jonathan Dos Santos. It's not like he, you know, you could say, you could argue maybe both didn't help each other, you know, because at the end of the day, players around you are supposed to make you look better, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think they complemented each other or made each other look better. And I don't think Jonathan Dos Santos was the type of player that played fast either. I know that's the biggest gripe for a lot of Galaxy fans is, um, you know, sideways passing, backwards passing. Uh, but of course you see him, he played a little differently when he was with the men's team because obviously when you've got better players around you, um, that's a little bit different. So I can see why some fans would think, you know, yes, it's time to go and that midfield needs a complete shake-up. It does. Uh, and, and no issues with that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I don't I don't have any issues. I think you have to, first of all, you you couldn't, you don't want to keep Jonathan Dos Santos. He's a 31-year-old playing in a 40-year-old's body. Absolutely. So that, uh -huh. that if Houston want him, they can they can have him. It's one of those. Um, and I think that with Sebastian Legette, that if both parties, and I'm convinced it was both parties, Sebastian Legette thought he couldn't play with Vanny, and Vanny thought that he couldn't play with Sebastian Legette. And if that's the case, then you have to move him. So yeah. move them. But I think that they, that the Galaxy, and I think they do this, um, perhaps they even did it with Steris. Somebody said this about Steris too, and I'll get to the Steris in information and update on that as well, um, is that the Galaxy value a player for what it's worth to them and not always what it's worth to at large, right? What 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 are the other teams value of these guys? Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes you can overvalue somebody. And maybe because I watched Sebastian and Jet play for seven years, because I like the way that he plays in, in small spaces, and I like the way that he retains possession I like how he steps into lanes and cuts things off um, and I think with better players and certainly this was the case early in the year with the U.S. men's national team everybody likes to take like the last month of Sebastian Legette playing for the U.S. men's national team and color it with um, with the and and sort of forget about the, the front end of that Sebastian Legette mm -hmm. was playing in fact Galaxy fans were like when is the U.S. men's national team Sebastian Legette gonna gonna start playing for the LA Galaxy Right. And he was playing very right. well. And so I, you know, I see those things, um, but I, I know it's time to move on. I'm just saying that um, I have talked it over with some people, certainly uh, people around the league, around the country about this and almost to a T, everybody says they didn't get enough. Um, now, it, it, again, maybe the performance metrics are easy to meet. We don't know that. But knowing the history between Bruce and everybody, I, I can't imagine that he made them easy um, yeah. for that to happen. So. I don't know. Weird time. It's it's fine. It's over with. It needed to happen. It's done. The LA Galaxy will clear about $1.2 million in cap space this year to go out and sign somebody else in that position. Uh, certainly, Paul Areola is one that seems interested. Uh, he, has, <sighs> he has come out in the press as saying that the LA Galaxy have not made him a formal announcement, but that there has been talks with that. So... 
Um, I don't listen. That to me is too much of a like for like. You're you're getting a lot of the same, but a winger instead of a central midfielder. And the Galaxy. If ever there was an example that that guy is so overrated, it was the debate in the men's team whether Wea should play or Ariola, and it's like, oh, hello. It's Wea. Um, Everybody knows it, that. Of course, he's so over. You're you are literally getting apples and apples. You're getting, you're letting an apple go, and you're, you're getting another apple. And not only that, but a, but a, but a, a similarly priced apple, right? There's no cost savings mm. there, and you're not. You, uh, Ariel is 26 to Legette's 29, so there's three years difference there. Uh, Ariel came off a big injury before. Listen, I'm not saying that's happening. I'm just saying that that's one of the rumors. Tyler Boyd is rumored out there. Christian Pavone is rumored on the wing. The Galaxy going after wings, wingers. I don't know if everybody's been paying attention to this, but it, almost <laughs> all of the. All of the rumors that are coming out are either are either wingers or defensive midfielders right now. Um, there's been one cam, one central attacking midfielder that um, I, I don't know how real it is, but it's one of those. So, I mean, it's done. They got their money. Now they get to go shopping. Uh, if you're looking at the LA Galaxy and sort of how they're trying to construct things, though, Sophie, I think they're down to about 20 players on the roster right now, maybe 21 with Sasha coming back on and legit. They kind of swap places there for a second. So right in the 20, 21, 22 um, so mm -hmm. 10 players are probably reasonable to be brought in. And really, you have questions so far. So that's one. So you have possibly nine to 10 other players that the LA Galaxy will bring in. We know there's a designated player that's available as well. So the bottom line is, I don't expect this team to start camp with 20 players if they do something horrible went wrong um, and they have a chance to, to change us. So we get to watch to see if maybe it's one player that comes in to replace Sebastian Legette or if it's three players that come in to see Sebastian Legette. You know, you can you, you can split that apart, right? The Galaxy have a lot of wingers, but they're also going after more wingers. That's a that's a whole other conversation. That's a that. that's a it's very interesting. Uh, you know, right now to me this and and of course in the off season every team may feel like weak sauce, right? Because you're going through transition and stuff. But to me this team felt like weak sauce last season and they need to transition that to hot sauce. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, th I think they think they have a core of players now that they could develop. And if you look at it, they have 20 or so players that they're not moving, right? Everything's staying the same. So you have the experience mm -hmm. from last year that is carrying over to this year, the understanding of the Greg Vanny system again. I If nothing else happens, the LA Galaxy should be better just because of their togetherness for another year, right? You would expect that younger players coming in, learning a system will get better in the second year. That doesn't always happen. But that's the idea behind this. So now it's about finding players to plug in that make you a better team. A central attacking midfielder or a central midfielder, very important. You got rid of Jonathan Dos Santos. You got rid of Sebastian Legette. Both of those guys can play CM. You don't have one. Uh, Sasha Kleschke can play there, but we know he's not a starter. Victor Vasquez can play there, but we know he's not a you know 34-game player, and, and he's not going to be there, and he's not even signed to a contract right now. F. Brian Alvarez could possibly be your central attacking midfielder, but you would have to trust him to be the more, most important person on the field, and then where are you burning your designated player? Are you putting it on mm -hmm. Pavone, and he's coming on the left-hand side? Um, Grant Sierra on the right-hand side, Cabral and Chicharito up top. Uh, it feels like the Galaxy are going more with two strikers now with all of the winger talk. Um, mm -hmm. And because of that, Cabral moves into that striker role. Uh, Jovalich moves into that striker role to pair with Chicharito. You're going to have two guys up front. Now fill in the backside. Ravellison, is he an eight or is he a six? We've I argue he's more of a six than an eight, but people always want to say he's an eight. So do you go out and get a defensive midfielder to plug it in? These are all the things that happen in the offseason. And these guys, Chris Klein, Jovan Karofsky, Greg Vanny, are supposed to have a plan for this. Um, Chris had basically told Kevin... Uh, that they felt that this would be an easy offseason for them only because they knew the positions they needed to go out 
and they could get them. And it wasn't during, you know, a pandemic where nobody was playing. Right. And so you, it was hard to scout whenever there's nobody's playing. I understand that, that type of thing. Um, but now oh, it's an excuse. Now, it's always been an excuse with the galaxy and scouting. It's horrible. And they, they, every coach who's come in has talked about it and talked about fixing it and it hasn't gone fixed, but that's okay. It is what it is this year. They have to go out and they think that they have positions and people picked out for this. Um, so yeah, that's where we're, that's, that's sort of where we sit right now. That's where the LA galaxy roster sits. I don't know if it should make everybody feel warm and fuzzy going into the Christmas season, but that's where we're at. Um, I don't know. It doesn't Does, make me feel warm and fuzzy at all. You're not drinking and your Scottish breakfast tea. That's why. No. Um, well, I do have my Perrier mixed with orange juice right here. Screwdriver otherwise known as. Oh, wait. So no. I'll take it. No. <laughs> um, that would be nice after the show. I think I'll have one on the rocks for sure. Um, you know, they cannot afford to screw this transfer window up. Or this season. Change. They cannot afford to screw this season up. There we go. Okay. They cannot afford to do that. And this is where I get a little bit testy when it comes to the hierarchy. Because, you know, a sign of madness is doing the same thing over and over again. And expecting different results, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, I trust Greg Vanny when it comes to getting it right. Mm -hmm. given, But he was given, this, is, this was his team. This is. It was his. It was his team, Josh. It's his team now, for sure. Especially making all the technical decisions now, right? Exactly. And I, I just think they need to be very careful, and they need to be really astute. And I'm not sure I trust with DTS gone, because um, he, he gave, he gave them the talent that they wanted, right? And I also think that. I'm, I'm not sure what you think about this, but moving away a lot from the South American market, was that super, super smart going more into Europe? I mean, what's your take on on that? I don't I don't know. I just all I, I know, know is that they can't afford to to screw this one up I, in any way, shape or form. I will say that if you do scouting correctly, you can find talented players anywhere you look in the world, United States, mm -hmm. Europe. South America, Central America, you know, um, Egypt, Africa, you can find talented players. You have to have the scouting network in order to do it. Um, and you have to have smart people who are able to project, you know, the weaknesses that are around the club and you have to have the contacts to be able to go out and do it. Can uh, I ask you a very quick question? Mm -hmm. I know you, you probably want to move on, but is Chris, Klein, is he qualified to be a scout? Is Chris, that Chris Klein? I mean, yeah. he was a player. He was a player within Major League Soccer. I would say that he's more qualified than I am. Well, well, Tess, <laughs> well seeing talent, like uh, recognizing someone, oh, he's talented, but scouting someone to be a football player at your club, that's a totally different ball game, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Uh, if everybody remembers me um, calling Charlie Rugg the, uh, the rookie of the year, if everybody remembers Charlie Rugg, draft pick by the LA Galaxy, I saw him play in the preseason. I was like, he's got the body size. He's got the speed. He's got the quickness. Charlie Rugg could be a rookie of the year guy. I just go back and look at how many minutes Charlie Rugg got. So um, maybe maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, which is perfectly capable. 900 shows, you would think I would figure it out, but no, not necessarily. Um, yeah. So I, I just I just think that there's you know um, there there just needs to be a culture change on and off the pitch, and you can't do it half and half. If it's going to work, it's got to work turnkey. Yeah. That's, and, That's just my humble opinion. And you have to get guys moving in the same direction too, right? I mean, it has to be everybody on the same page, everybody trying to pull on the same end of the rope. I, I'm going to give Vanny the, the the benefit of the doubt that he has everybody lined up and they're all pulling on the same end of the rope, but they all understand what they're trying to accomplish here. Um, 
I think he should be fired if he doesn't make the playoffs this coming season. I mean, it's I would say yes. I will also say that I think he probably has a four year contract. And so you'd be eating a lot of contract with that. Um, I will tell you this. I know that Chris Klein is out of contract at the end of 2022. Dan Beckerman is out of contract at the end of 2022. So there's going to be a real emphasis on 2022 from these guys because uh, or a lot of praying either that or a lot of praying however that ends up happening but I've already talked feeling some fans (laughs) are writing down their Christmas list right now dear Santa (laughs) (laughs) I will I will say that and and I've said this on the previous podcast I think that the noisy neighbors LAFC are going to have a problem this year Uh, they've moved a lot of pieces they don't have a coach it's going to be a culture change for them because they're having to have a new coach uh a lot of new players, you know, a lot of things are going to have to change, uh, despite the fact that MGM has them as MLS Cup favorites right now. The guys who miss the playoffs. Oh, and on, I know man. I was like, really? I was like, this is why you should bet MLS, because the average fan is way smarter than the guys who are setting the lines right now. Um, so anyway, yes, that was that was something that uh, that happened. But I think so that means huge opportunity for the LA Galaxy, right? If you can start to get things right this year and put it yes. together and make your playoff run and threaten in the Western Conference, all of a sudden you can start putting people in your rearview mirror when really you've been trying to catch up. Now, not not necessarily in the games they played head to head. The Galaxy have come out on the positive side mm-hmm. of that most of the time. But overall, there's a lot of momentum that's been lost to LAFC. You have a chance of gaining that back in 2022 if you get it right, because you did stuff last year that they're going to have to do this year in order to put things together and make it happen. Um, yeah, that's I agree a, with that. That's important. That's important mm-hmm. in the whole Western Conference because I think there's going to be a lot of Western Conference teams that have a reset in 2022, uh, whether it's Seattle, um, who always seem to reset really well. Um, you know, uh, Sporting Kansas City, who's always a good team. Nashville is coming in as one of the better teams in the East, will now be in the West. That's going to be difficult. Portland uh, almost yep. won an MLS Cup. You know, I mean, you can go through this. RSL was, I think RSL made a mistake, by the way, with Pablo Mastroni. I understand why they gave him the coaching job after what he did and got him to the MLS playoffs. Yeah. And doing all that stuff but i've seen this play out in colorado before and i'm not so sure it's going to work in rsl and so anyway that was me just thinking but there's there's these things colorado is with robin frazier is on a solid footing you have a chance to step up in some of these areas and challenge now and if you get this right you can do that and if you don't get it right then you'll be also yeah also the la galaxy because i i do think that the the refreshing thing about this season i i i believe was I thought the PR group did a great job. I think the marketing initiatives, you know, with the shirt and the gazelles, I think they did a much better job um, commercially uh, this season. And that, I think, was because they did get a kick up the backside because of LAFC and all the things that and the initiatives that they were doing. Now you've got to match that on the pitch. You've got, as LA Galaxy, you cannot afford to miss the playoffs this season. And if they do, heads should roll. And I don't want to be negative, a negative Nelly right now before anything's even happened. But the truth of the matter is, Josh, is that it's playoffs or bust for some of these folks who are at the tippy top of the LA Galaxy mountain making the decisions. Yeah, and, and by the way, probably not even first round playoffs, like second round into the into the conference. I mean, that's where you should see the LA Galaxy yes. next year, which means a tremendous amount of growth has to happen. Uh, just a reminder, Sebastian Legette in his press conference says, I want to win. Haven't been able to do that at the Galaxy for one reason or another, but I think this is going to be the challenge that I'm looking for. Sebastian Legette joined in 2015. He had 2015 and 2016 with Bruce. Those were both good years, made the playoffs both of those years, didn't get him an MLS Cup, but still good years for the LA Galaxy, especially mm. whenever you see what's going to happen in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. We're now in 2022. 
something has to change. And unfortunately, a lot of stuff has changed. You've changed players, so many players. You've changed coaches, so many coaches. Yeah. You've changed GMs. You've done some stuff. There's stuff that hasn't changed either. And if this fails this year, then that stuff has to change. You're talking about yes. president level. You're talking about president of AEG as well. Although, do you fire the president of AEG because the soccer team, probably the thing they're paying least attention to, you know, fails? So it's... Well, he should be fired for not paying attention to it, perhaps. I mean, I I, I 100% agree. Tim Laiwiki was was a different animal whenever it came to paying attention to the mm -hmm. LA Galaxy and what he did with AEG and everything. And the man, but I mean, that's the kind of guy you need who's going to be involved in this. So this is all weighing on the LA Galaxy season this year. Tremendous amount of pressure for Greg Vanny. Tremendous amount of pressure for everybody in the front office, PR staff, marketing, everybody. This year is hugely, hugely important to them. And with COVID, again, rearing back and, and restrictions coming into place and games being canceled and NFL, NBA, NHL uh, over yeah. across the pond in the English Premier League and other places, yeah. it's not great right now. And so will there even be a start in February like we're expecting? I imagine that there is. Um, it, it, just going through all these things, you, all this pressure is going to come down. And if you have another COVID-affected season, um, yeah. what does that do to everything? So anyway, that's... Hopefully not, because the winter months now, I think there was an expectation that this could rear its ugly head again. So the league kind of benefits from, yes, it starts in February, but as the season goes, hopefully so will things improve, you know, around the world once we come out of the winter months and stuff. So, you know, it's going to be tricky. It, it's it, really tricky right now. It is. I want to share um, RC. Uh, RC says, Lewicki was a closer. Beckerman's not even a starter. He's an accountant. <laughs> Shout out to accountants, by the way. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, there's there's something to this. Uh, we'll see. And he's taken a very hands-off sort of approach, too, which is Chris Klein is in charge of these things. And then when Dennis DeClosa, Chris Klein was under this. Chris, are you making football decisions? No, I'm not. Okay, but now you probably are, again, whenever you're being put back into a position. Again, there's no general manager for the LA Galaxy right now. Those, are, those, those responsibilities are where's, being split. What's the accountability, though? Forget the responsibility. Where's the account? I mean, that's a whole other show. I, I know it is. It's Vanny, and, and unfortunate for him, he will he will shoulder any problem that happens, right? Because mm. and but I mean, look at all the coaches who have a Nolfo. I mean, that dude got hung out to dry more than you know wet clothes on a laundry line. Um, he's you know, a nice guy, super nice, I, and he's doing great yeah. over in New England. I mean, yeah. you know, not a problem. Siggy Schmidt, um, Siggy wasn't in the best of health. Uh, but, but, but certainly, um, whenever he was there, he got the blame and maybe he deserves it. Maybe he doesn't, uh, Guillermo Berescoloto got the blame. I, I tend to feel like Guillermo deserved a lot of that blame, but that's okay. He did a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but still it's, it's like not putting things into perspective in terms of, um, not putting your coaches in a position to be successful. Um, and eventually you can go through all the coaches and all the defense and all the midfielders and all the forwards and all the stars and all the strikers and all the goalkeepers and it's still about what you're doing with the club in order to put them in the best position. That's what the Galaxy are, are trying to find. There's against. a reason why you've done 900 shows, Josh. Absolutely brilliant stuff. That whole segment there was just like, you know, educational for me too. And at the same time, you just know. I mean, you've been you've been in and around all of this stuff for so long. And you've got such great wisdom on it. And fans deserve better. This fan base deserve better. Don't they? And, don't they, yes. they so do though, because yes. if, if you were there around 2011 or 2009, let's start 2009. If you're around 2009, MLS cup appearance, 2010 supporter shield winner got knocked out in the Western conference, 2011 supporter shield winner, MLS cup winner, 2012, first. 2012 MLS cup winner, 2013, yeah, that was eh, brilliant. 2014 MLS cup winner. 
That was great. Bruce had set it up for success and they were doing what Seattle has been doing, which is be consistent, but they were being consistent and maximizing their, uh, you know, their players. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like that's happening anymore. Uh, let's no. talk, uh, turn the page. Let's go to Dan stairs uh, and the update here. Uh, we talked about how we could not possibly understand the Dan Starris trade without knowing the numbers, right? And basically what was released was that the LA Galaxy would retain a portion of Dan Starris' salary as they traded him to the Houston Dynamo. Okay, mm-hmm. so they, he, they traded them away and they didn't get anything. What they got was basically, oh, that's not true. They got a third round draft pick. Which, <laughs> which nothing is ever nothing. happens in the yeah. third M- MLS usually mandates that something get traded in every trade. Like you have to get something and give something. And this is one of those times where something was traded. And I'm sure MLS was like, you got to put a third round draft pick in or you got to put a, you know, a late round draft pick in in order to make this deal like copacetic for us. We need a trade and a trade. It's like, OK. And that's what they did. Um, so, you know, when we were looking at that deal, people were upset. And I did I, I do the same thing with the legit trade. Perhaps Dan Starris wanted to go to Houston. Perhaps the only place, the only people that offered them any money was Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, were you upset about that one or do you, th- did you think again, it was the right time and the, you know, it was right for him. If I'm, the pl- if I'm the player, if I'm Dan Starris, I want out, I want out because he wasn't going to get played. And I don't think it was the same thing with Legette, right? Which was mm-hmm. Vanny didn't think Legette was going to be able to cut it. And I don't think Vanny thought Dan Starris was going to be able to cut it. Okay, cool. You don't want me. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'll go play somewhere else. Go understood. So the galaxy made a deal for that. Um, and do you they, think it was the right decision to get rid of him? No. Yeah, no, I would have kept him. But I, I'm, I'm biased in this. One, I love defenders. Most defenders, I am the biggest fans of, and I think that they get just, just chewed up and spit out because they fail every game whenever a goal is let in. Right? It's always the defense's fault. And I think the Galaxy's midfield has been so abysmal for the last two yeah, or three years. They've been exposed they've, completely, totally. And so you see that, and you can play it. That being said, understand why they got why they moved downstairs and they got a third round now. What happens here is that the Galaxy are responsible for an amount of Dan Starr's salary. We didn't know what that is. Let's say, for example, it's $350,000. Now, here's what the here's what this line is. The Galaxy are not responsible for $350,000. What it is, is they're responsible for an amount over the $350,000. Dan Starr's made $375,000 in base salary in 2021. In all likelihood, unless he got a massive raise uh, for this option year that he has in 2022 the galaxy are on the hook probably anywhere between 25 and fifty thousand dollars that's a cap hit it hits the cap so -hmm. you have to account for it on the la galaxy's roster they will account for that cap hit of dan stairs salary anything that's over three hundred fifty thousand dollars that's what the deal is to me i'm sitting there going okay so it's twenty five thousand it's fifty thousand whatever that to me is not a thing and i'm sort of like okay fine it's a perfectly reasonable deal is it the best deal in the world no but dan probably wanted to go greg vanny wanted them to go this is one of those things it's like okay and i was told and i said this already is that i don't think there was a large market for stairs um probably not that's probably true but it feels like a bit of a car salesman deal you know (laughs) it does it's like okay go ahead um i'll buy your car but uh you still have to pay me fifty thousand dollars you know it's like one of those and yeah i'm gonna throw in this warranty (laughs) which is about to expire hence the third round pick you're you're gonna get a beach chair (laughs) what is what you're gonna get um so so yes so anyway that's that's sort of where we're at um with with all this stuff so that's where 
um, that deal sort of sits. And that's not publicly released information. And, you know, that's sort of one of those things, though. If you don't know as a fan what that is, if you hear they're paying any amount of... Well, it could have been they were paying $200,000 for Dan Steris to play for the Houston Dynamo. They're paying for him to play for somebody else. (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, that's what that's what ultimately is coming down for this. And so if you don't know what that amount is, then you can't you can't look at these things. It's like the incentives for Sebastian Legette. If we don't know what those are, then how can we possibly evaluate? Maybe it's, you know, if he shows up on Tuesdays and wears a beanie, then you guys get some some money. Yeah, you know, I don't know what the performance metrics are and nobody else does. And that's the problem we get into an in MLS is that they don't tell us these things. Cerritos Auto Square. Great. I actually got my got my truck from Cerritos Auto Square. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I actually I actually know one of the GMs, the general managers at at the Ford dealership there. Great place. Go to Cerritos, go to the, go to the the Ford store. Not sponsored. Would gladly be though. Yeah. Like, not a problem. I I will sell out for almost anything, Sophie. I'm telling We're you. We're making here, a pitch. That's right. I'm I'm here and here and ready to go. Um the last thing that we sort of wanted to talk about before we let everybody go was that there was a schedule release. Um, oh, John says, uh, by the way, gives us, gives us a $5 super chat says Josh has an, as an athletic subscriber, what did you think about the article? The MLS doesn't care about quality of play. Um, yeah, I mean, I I didn't read the article. I will tell you this right now is that, Mm. is that I agree with that. Otherwise they, if they would keep, if they keep expanding, then how could they possibly pretend there is a finite amount of professional talent in the United States. Now, I think it's getting better. I think the net is casting wider. I think that professional soccer is a reasonable option for a lot of kids and that we are starting to see the boom of Major League Soccer. And I think that uh, it's going to pass hockey and I think it's going to pass baseball and it's going to do what it does all over the world. It's going to become one of the most popular sports in the United States. Will it ever top the NFL? Maybe not. Will it, but I think it's going to go past baseball. Will it get up into NBA territory? Maybe not. You know, it's one of those. It's going to be one of these popular sports um, and more popular. But having said that, Sophie, is if you keep expanding this right and there's 30 players on every roster then you have to fill every single roster spot and you're only every team that you add only allows eight more internationals into the league all right there is a there's a finite number of international players and it's eight per team and those are caps so eight times where were we at 28 teams eight times 28 is how many international players are allowed in major league soccer done that's it um, now, a lot of them get green cards, which, of course, goes around that rule. And that's fun, too. Um, but you you only have a certain number of players. So trying to keep continuously expand through this um, means that you're 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 shallowing the pool every single time. Right. The more and more water you take out of the pool, the less water there's in the pool. So the more you keep spreading it out, if you have a kiddie pool and you dump that into an Olympic sized water, pool, you know, swimming pool, then you have a very little bit of water in the giant swimming pool or mm. you have a lot of water in the kiddie pool sort of how I see talent um, as it goes. So, The reason why the Premier League became the most exciting league in the world was, number one, the money, of course, uh, 1992, Sky Sports, the TV money, the sponsorship. It started off with Barclays and went on from there. But also one of the main reasons was that, was that allowed teams to bring in um, foreign talent. And let's be honest, it was the Thierry Henrys and the Dennis Burkamps and the Gianfranco Zolas and the Eric Cantonars that were coupled with some really talented British players that lit the league on fire. And my, my gripe is always, I like the fact that there's an even playing field, but at the same time, in order for, I think, the league to grow more than it is, uh, Josh, is that has to change at some point too. 
you know, the, the league controls everything, um, all teams. And I just feel like at some point they're going to have to let that go a little bit. I don't, I don't think it will ever happen and it's not possible. Relegation and promotion is always going to be, you know, um, a conversation in terms of adding more excitement. Mm -hmm. But I have to say the playoffs, the MLS cup final, I literally tweeted before I said, this game needs extra time and penalties. It's one of the worst MLS cup finals I've ever seen. Great for the highlights. Great for the highlights, right? There were like two highlights. There was a goal in the first half and a stoppage time goal in the second half. I was like snooze fest. Totally. And and so were the so were the majority of, of the of the games. And when you look at the men's national team, a lot of those players that people are writing waxing lyrical about playing Europe. Uh, and they've tried very hard to sell, you know, the whole MLS angle on that too. So it's, uh, I haven't read the article, but I will now. Thanks for um, pointing, pointing that, um, pointing that out for yeah. sure. But let's, yeah. uh, let's get to the schedule before we, uh, yeah. we go sideways here. Uh, uh, LA galaxy major league soccer announced the 2022 MLS regular season schedule that included the LA galaxy. All 34 games are now known for the LA galaxy. When do we kick off <laughs> February 27th against New York city FC. And if I bring up my app here, by the way, uh, if you ever want a countdown app, I, uh, I would suggest dream days. Uh, Dream Days, that's what she, that's what it's called. Um, I don't know why it's called that, but Dream Days 365. Uh, there are just 73 days, Sophie, 73 days that's until the ridiculous. LA Galaxy kick off against New York City FC. So, um, no, it's 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 right around the corner. So that's the first home games, February 27th, and the LA Galaxy we knew would go on the road uh, to Charlotte. Those games were announced ahead of time. Then yeah. it will be on the road to Seattle, the home to Orlando. You have play Portland Timbers on the road. You're home to LAFC, the first El Trafico, Saturday, April 9th. Um, there's only two, by the way. Everybody in the conference, you only play twice. There will be nobody you play three times. That's not happening. So you play everybody twice in the conference, which includes Nashville, because they're in the Western Conference mm-hmm. now. Um, and and then you will play eight other non-conference teams, right? And we know those non-conference teams as well. Um, we know that it is Charlotte. We know that it's New York City. We know that it's Chicago. We know that it's Orlando. We know that it's, I'm going through the through the list again, Montreal. Um, we know they play Atlanta United at Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, that one's on Sunday, July 24th. So you can get your get your tickets for that one. We know, of course they were going to do this, that they're going to go play new England revolution, right? Natch. Come on. That was, that was a, that was a locked in and, a gimme. and a gimme. during that same trip, not only will they play the new England revolution, but they will go and play Toronto FC, which is Greg Vanny's old place, which now has Bob Bradley as the head coach in Toronto. So you knew that one was coming too. Yeah. So they got that one. Um, I think those are the, the, the Eastern conference teams that uh, you'll have. So you have eight of those games. You'll play each of those eight Eastern conference teams once Uh, the big thing for the schedule this year is midweek games. Uh, There are only five midweek games, Wednesday, Thursday. There are no Thursday games. There are no Tuesday games right now. Five games on Wednesday, one game on Monday, but we can even put an asterisk next to that because it's on July 4th. So technically it's fine. Uh, That's not even a, not even a weekday game whenever you think about it that way. So July 4th, um, although we do all have to go to work the next day and it'll probably be like an 8 PM. Is that, is it going to be an 8 PM start? They always do those late July 4th, 7.30 PM, by the way, 7.30 PM against Montreal. Um, so, uh, you're going to see that one, uh, on Monday, there are two Friday games. One of those is the return to bank of California stadium on Friday, July 8th, whenever the LA galaxy will take on LAFC that's 7 PM on ESPN. Uh, so in total, if you count weekend games as Saturday and Sunday, Sophie, um, you have 26 weekend games. 
that, wow, we're going to be busy. That's good, but that's good because last yeah. year, if we look at the weekend and and weekday, so uh, weekday games uh, last year, and this is twenty twenty one. Yeah, it is. Is um, that on a spreadsheet? It, of course, it's on a spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. you know what? I actually have this spreadsheet. I should probably I should probably show it. I was there I, we go. I was so excited for for all this. So there's the schedule. Um, here's the the twenty two two day of the week count. Um, as it goes, you'll notice by the way those don't add up to thirty four games. It's because weekday games are also counted as midweek games um, because I, that's how I wanted to sort of see Monday through Friday games or, you know, weekend games. So 26 weekend games for the LA Galaxy this time, 17 on Saturday, nine on Sunday. Um, so that's, I like the 17 on the Saturday. It, I like that. It's better. I'll tell you the start times probably aren't as happy as everybody is. Those Saturday start times are not always 7.30 p.m. games. Uh, if you look at start times overall, uh, the LA Galaxy uh, start at 12.30 p.m. Uh, they have four games that start at 12.30. They have one at 3.30. Uh, let's see, five at 5 p.m. Most of the games are 7.30 p.m., but that's only six. Whenever I say most, there's four games at seven o'clock, you know, a couple games here at six at five thirty. So I, you know, I just sort of track these and, and try to take a look at them and see where they go. Um, in terms of broadcasts, nationally televised, you're going to have 16 nationally televised games. Wow. Um, that means there's 18 locally broadcast games. We don't know who the local broadcast is yet. I'm still at one point. I heard that spectrum's contract is up. Everybody who listens to my podcast needs to know this. And I've said it before spectrum contract is up there's a good chance that they'll go back for one more year because they can only do a one year contract, Sophie, because mm. MLS is mandating that everything end by the 2022 season. So they can package it all and do this television deal that they're going to do. And they're packaging all the rights together. Um, everything local rights. Um, Mucho so yeah, I mean, that's the idea that they're trying to get all those, those quote unquote mm -hmm. seconds um, on there. So over the air games, there are six over the air games, right? That means not on cable, actually over the air. There are three on Fox, um, and I think three on Univision. Is that how I did the the over the air? I don't remember. I'll, I'll have to look again. None on ABC this time, though. And there were some on ABC last year. Um, That's interesting. So uh, there is a big break in June whenever you look at all this. And I believe it's for international breaks, um, even though the, it's a World Cup year. The World Cup isn't happening until the winter, which is why the entire season wraps up on Sunday, October 9th with the LA Galaxy, of course, playing at the Houston Dynamo. Um, I feel like the last game of the year in Houston is starting to be a thing. Uh, in fact, it is a thing. So um, something to sort of keep an eye on there as the Galaxy wrap it up. But that means I think MLS Cup is even in, done um, in November and it's basically done and then everybody gets a release for World Cup. So that's the schedule that comes out. Um, there's a lot of interesting things there. But overall, I mean, I think it's a good schedule. I don't hate it. Uh, uh -huh. the busiest months are, did I have this in here? See, I don't even have it on here. I have it on my press release. I'll let you talk about the schedule for a second. I'll look it up on the press release. Um, you know, what's interesting, what we should do is, uh, we should pick like first five games or something and attribute points. How many points do we think we're going to get from those first five matches? Do, um, do we have do to do something? Do we have to do it now? I don't even know what this team no, looks no, no, like. Not yet. Oh, now, but soon. Not now. Okay. No, but once we know what the team looks like, I think that will be a fun exercise. We did it on our podcast with Arsenal, and it's amazing how wrong you can be on some stuff, and then you know how right you can get something having maybe not. We did it before the transfer window closed, so we did like a, an exercise before and after. Um, there's just some games you see where your gut tells you, oh yeah, I fancy that three points, and, yeah. uh, and then you're wrong. 
yeah. <laughs> and then it hits and then it hits at like a bad time in the cycle like you're looking at it now and you're like oh well they're coming off of this and they're doing that and they had to travel yeah. here and like it's something it's like now it makes sense this is going to be a difficult game before i'm like oh you're playing colorado oh yeah that's a win you know the whole deal um here's the games by month february only has one duh because it's like the last day of the month yeah. or whatever um march has three april has five may has five june has only two uh, July has six and August has six. So those are your busiest months, July and nice. August back to back. There'll be 12 games across those two months. Uh, September has four and October has two. Uh, the longest home stretch for the LA galaxy is, uh, starts in May and goes to June. If I'm correct, let's see, there's three games there. Oh wait, that's the 2021 schedule. I already wrote it down for 2022, uh, May 22nd, uh, through June 18th, three home games in a row for the LA galaxy. Of course there's May 29th and then you don't play again until June 18th. Um, so there's a break there as well. Um, what's the longest road stretch? Only two games. It's a bunch of times, but only two. Uh, oh, that's not bad. Charlotte and Seattle are the second and third games. Uh, the ninth and 10th games, Real Salt Lake, then Austin, uh, and then you go a long way with sort of alternating back and forth. Um, so there's a lot of home game, away game, home game, away game, home game, away game. Um, there's a lot of that. Uh, Colorado mm. Rapids, let's see, one game, one game, one game. You have two home games, Saturday, August 13th, Vancouver FC, and then Friday, August 19th, Seattle. And then you go on the road, New England, Toronto. Uh, then it's home to Sporting Kansas City. Then it's on the road again, September 10th, 14th, Nashville, and Vancouver uh, end on the road. So the LA Galaxy season at home will wrap up on Saturday, October 1st, when they host Real Salt Lake. Uh, and then they have one more game, October 9th, uh, against Houston um, on the road. So that's the... Just uh, win, baby. Oh. Uh, Man, it's 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 so difficult at this time of year um, to to sort of predict where anything is going. I would say that uh, last year, as you sort of emerge from the new year and you get there and things start happening, mm-hmm. it puts, things are happening faster this year because the schedule is condensed down. It's uh, basically you're starting sooner. Um, so a lot of things are happening a lot faster. Um, and because of that, it feels like everything is being rushed right now. And I don't yeah. like that feeling as you're marching forward, you know? Yeah. I'll make a bold prediction here for you, Josh. I guarantee a victory against the MLS Cup champions on opening day. Against New York City FC? Here's, yeah. Here's why I would agree with you. Um, because they're going to be exhausted because they literally just stopped playing like last weekend. So I don't yeah. imagine that they're going to have... and. We saw that with the Galaxy over those mm-hmm. MLS Cup years, right? They would come off of the cup, yep. they'd be exhausted. It would get take them a good couple of months to sort of get all you know rounded up. But stop partying. <laughs> but it is it is a marquee matchup, and perhaps that gets them excited enough, which is LA versus New York and sort of that thing. And we're gonna get more Eastern Conference, Western Conference games eight this year instead of the two yeah. that we had this year. So there's actually a chance that we find out a little bit more about the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Um, unlike this year where there weren't a lot of games, but the Western Conference dominated a lot of those games and then they lose the MLS Cup you know to make me look stupid Um, so thanks Western Conference Uh, all right that's where it is Um, a lot of interesting stuff going on Uh, there's a bunch of rumors out there I would of course uh, tell you that uh, I would update you on any rumors that I thought were going to happen anytime soon I feel like we're going to hit a lull this this week is kind of over now Uh, maybe there's some stuff that happens on Friday maybe even some stuff that happens over the weekend because next week everybody's going on vacation because it's Christmas week and they're done and I don't expect to see a ton of stuff until after the new year 
Um, so, yeah. so that's winding so, down. Things yeah. are winding down. Christmas it, time it is, is here. <laughs> it, it is. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, and so I'm going to take some time off. I've already talked about it. So Monday is our last show and then we won't do another show until the new year. So until 2022, uh, kicks around. So we'll take a little time off and take some deep breaths and, and gather all that stuff. I will tell you, I was talking to the LA galaxy today about home Jersey release. Um, so there's a new home kit this year. I don't know what it looks like, so don't ask me. Um, and so I'm just, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know when they're going to announce it. It is a league wide initiative whenever they do this stuff. So it's not necessarily mm-hmm. up to the LA galaxy exactly when they do things. Um, but having said that, uh, I think, uh, it's always fun to see a new kit and they're going to have to try to back up the success of the community kit last year. And I think that that's, that was cool. I think that's a losing proposition, by the way. I don't think you can sort of, you know, strike lightning in a bottle back to back, but maybe you can. Maybe, maybe, it'll, can. maybe it'll be clean. I've certainly seen a lot of what I think the templates are uh, around MLS and what they're going to be. And I don't know if I'm 100% on board yet, but you know how it is. This is how it always goes, Sophie. It's I look exciting. at a new one. I look at a new one and I say, I don't like that. That looks stupid. And then, and then you buy it. And then I buy it. And then there we go. So, <laughs> um, yeah, pretty I'm much. Also, I also love the start of the season because I love MLS Media Day. I've oh. always enjoyed that. Do you it's think, so much fun. Do you think we're going to get a real one this year? Oh, it would be so great. I really hope that we do. It would be, um, it would be fun to see guys like Sebastian Legette come by and, you know, say hi to everybody. And then you could ask them about questions about the LA Galaxy and New England Revolution and fun stuff like that. And, <laughs> I mean, those are sort of the things that you're like, that's cool. Let's do that. Yeah. And last year we missed out because Matthew McConaughey was part of it, of course. All right, and, all right, you know, all right. we got him in his Airstream, which was pretty cool. Uh, but that would have been amazing to to see him in, in person and stuff. Yeah. So I always enjoy MLS Media Day. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, chat room says, please put some blue and gold on the home kit. I believe there is just by the rumors that I've heard. I, again, I haven't seen it. Um, I know people who have seen it. Um, I can't. I told them to draw it, but these people don't know how to draw very well. So it doesn't really help me. I can't um, wait. <laughs> it'll be good all right so uh monday is when the last show is kevin will be back off his cruise as long as the boat didn't sink I imagine it didn't probably would have heard about that on the news um maybe the panda fell overboard though probably didn't probably would have heard about that on the news so i think we're okay um even if the boat sank baxter would somehow find a way you know he would <laughs> oh my all right we'll see we'll see but yeah kevin's supposed to be back on monday and tentatively scheduled of course this could always go sideways and anytime i mention something i know it has a possibility of going sideways is um sasha question on monday to join us and sort of ha- during our winter spectacular very cool all very right cool. so yeah. that's where we are at sophie anything else you want to get to before we uh, get out of here i just wanted to say once again congratulations on your nine hundredth show that is quite an achievement you do so many great things behind the scenes that i know a lot of the fans know that you do but you do so much that they don't know and you bring this show um to everyone every single week and i think it's been so brilliant this season i think it's super it's super grown and it's even more enjoyable and entertaining every single season it just gets better and better and you should be very proud of yourself josh um, it's an incredible achievement. Well done. And I look forward to collaborating with you again next season. You are top shelf human being. Well, so we were. Thank you for that. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, always humbled by the uh, by the kind words. And, and you're a huge part of that. So thank you for, for doing the shows and volunteering your time. I mean, I, I don't mail a check to Sophie after this, um, you know, and, <laughs> and rarely do we make, you know, all that much money on anything either to, to sort of do. And all that goes right back into the show when we do. Um, Larry by the way, came out of retirement for some reason. I don't know if uh, people want to go over and see the article that he wrote. He was like, hey, he called me up yesterday and he's like, hey, 
Um, or was it the day before? Hey, uh, I want to do an article. I'm like, okay, aren't you retired? He's like, yeah, but I want to do it on your 900 show. I want to write that article. I'm like, okay, why don't we do it after the new year? Blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, let's do it right now. I'm like, okay. I go, do you want to come by tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, I'll come by tomorrow. He goes, I'm retired. I got nothing to do. I'm like, all right. He he texts me today and he said, you got to read the article that I did about Josh. So I'm going to do that when I'm having my morning coffee tomorrow. I look forward to it. People, people can tell, um, people can, can hear about how I rigged the contest that we held at the very beginning of the podcast <laughs> in order to pick the name of the podcast. I wasn't going to let the wrong one be one. And so corner of the galaxy won surprisingly. Um, so yeah, it was, it was one oh, of those. Oh gosh, that's great. Absolutely brilliant. And, and one of these th- days we're going to have to do, like, I think I'm just going to have to come to your house and I'll just sit there and we'll talk about you. Cause you're the most interesting person in the world. We always say like, you have that most interesting man in the world vibes. Um, and so. So we, we like, we're just going to, it'll be off. It will not be about soccer. We're going to, we're going to make you tell all the stories about like crazy things that you did. Like whenever you watched pretty woman with Sean Connery, was that it? Did I remember it correctly? (laughs) No, I did look after him. No, I watched, um, great expectations with Tom Cruise and Cole Kidman once. I don't know if I've told you that. The Ethan Hawke, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, version of the movie back in the day. That, that Come was- on. Yeah. That, I swear there's another version where we were talking about, you were talking about uh, Sean Connery and you, did you like watch something with him? Yeah, or that- I, I, I looked after him and kind of took him to lunch and walked him around Soho in London. And, you know, that was about the coolest thing in, in the world. I mean, he was just. Mr. Wanry was so cool. I loved him. He was great. He, he's, I have a signed pic. I didn't ever get a signed picture. And, um, you know, now I'm showing my age, but worked on a film called Rising Sun. I don't know if you ever saw that with Wesley Snipes. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh, I have a signed photo. And he, it's like, um, it's just such a cool message. And, uh, yeah. That's, so that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. See what I mean? We could do that. We'll do a pop culture um, episode. What what am I going to, I'm just going to ask questions. My only job there is to keep you talking. That would be it, which I kind of like. You've got some lag secrets in your chest. I have, I have, I have, I have nothing. I have nothing. I've told all my good (laughs) stories on here. Um, Although every time somebody asked me something and Larry did a good job of making me remember some things. I was like, oh yeah, about that. Uh, (laughs) The the stuff that didn't make it uh, was that Larry goes, so you did 900 shows. I go, well, if we're we're being serious, probably 900 or 915, like somewhere in there. And he's like, well, what happened to those shows? I go, well, some of those I forgot to hit record on, which we've all done. Um, Some of those... Some of those were we recorded an episode based upon information that we had and we thought we were correct. And then we found out we were wrong and that show gets deleted. Right. (laughs) So that show never happened either. Um, So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, He was asking me, he goes, did you ever do an interview where you forgot to hit record or something like that? I'm like, yeah, my first one was Chris Klein. Uh, he called in. I was three minutes into the interview, uh, three minutes into a 10 minute interview. God, it's the worst thing 30, in the world. 30%. And I go, I think I went to Chris. I went, I went, oh, Chris, you know what? There's something wrong with the recording here. I don't know. Uh, can we start over? I so sorry. This is, this is totally my fault. Hold deal. And meanwhile, I'm like, you, I can't believe you didn't hit record. And so I did that. And then one time I interviewed Mike McGee out at the training field. Um, and Mike was great and he came over and we talked for like five or six minutes and it was a nice conversation. We go back and forth and I'm like, man, this is going to be so much, so good to play on the podcast. And he leaves. Thanks, Mike. Have a good day. The whole deal. And I looked down. No, no recording. It's the worst feeling in the world. The worst feeling in the world. I I did a one-on-one with Don Garber once. It was in the, in the, um, the 2012, um, Cup final. Yeah. And I, the same thing. I was just like, please record, please record, please record. 
Um, and it did, thankfully. But, you know, when you go back to play it and there's nothing and I'm like, oh, my God, that was a half hour interview and I don't have anything. And then all of a sudden it just clicked in and I was like, thank God for that. So so I was so bad at it uh, that I started recording in multiple places. Right. Whenever I do shows now, it's not (laughs) one that I record. I recorded in like three spots. I have forgotten to hit record on two of those spots before and had only one. Right. And so it's not it happens. And if you're a podcaster, you need to do it. But anyway, yes, lots of stuff. So um, one of these days we'll have to just do like, you know, a fireside chat with cog or whatever totally Um, you're gonna come and fix my lighting and then we'll do like uh yeah yeah. we'll do a nice little yeah fireside tales yeah i i think um uh mike mike gray was on twitter and he was like i can't wait for a thousand shows we're gonna it'll be a it's gonna be a huge party and we're gonna get the la galaxy to pay for it and i'm like (laughs) i love this idea this is great um joe says we should do a cog cog cruise for a thousand shows and then we should get tom cruise to come on the cruise with us there we go it's just tom cruise cruise um, he was very cool. I met. I looked after him on Minority Report as well. He was very, very cool. Gen. We've got a picture of all of us, um, you know, the 20th Century Fox group, and Tom Cruise is standing right in the middle. And uh, I'm about seven spots off. Uh, but yeah. But you're there. Uh, you're there. Yeah. I'm and there. just he's very small. Just I, I just want. Uh, yeah, he is. I, and I've I've seen him in person. Um, and he is a, a tiny person. But at the same time, I just I want to make sure that whenever we're done here and you try to leave your room, you don't trip over all the names that you dropped. They're right. Be- <laughs> they're right behind you. I just want to make sure that you're okay. You asked for it. <laughs> I know. No, it's great. I, I did. hundred percent. I just I can't let you be that cool without trying to take you down a peg. That was not it, like I'm There's sitting over here. More in the locker room. I'm, I'm, tell you. I'm over here in a in a salmon shirt trying to like you know stay cool. And I don't I don't think it's gonna work. So anyway, that's it. We, I, I do. I do. Oh, I know you got I, I have a great story about that and remind me next time we talk I will tell you about it because okay. I was I upset Tom Cruise's Tom Cruise and his publicist let's just leave it at that um, but we ended until up next time term, so until next time we will leave it at that <laughs> so that's where we go all right uh Sophie tell people where they can find you and we will go uh at Highbury Squad on YouTube uh, and across all social platforms and then on Twitter at Soccer Diva everyone have a very Merry Christmas stay safe Enjoy yourselves, enjoy your families, and please do look after yourselves out there. Thank you so much, Josh. God bless. All right. There goes Sophie. She's awesome. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find Galaxy News, Galaxy Podcasts, all that fun stuff. YouTube, send us a like, uh, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. All right. For Miss Sophie decanon Nicolau, I'm Josh. Pato Guessman, you've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.